0: women want more time and working mums earning good money are prepared to spend that money when it comes to products and services that are going to give them back time and it's not so much a need it's absolutely i want more time and so i am going to spend money to get that time back
1: Hello and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps marketers, business leaders and entrepreneurs sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumer, Mums. Each fortnight, we bring you a deep diving interview with a marketing specialist from around the globe who can help you gain insights about this influential consumer. Let's hear from our host, Katrina
2: McArthur. Welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast. I'm your podcast host, Katrina McArthur. Today on the show, we are speaking with Kate Christie. Kate is the founder of Time Stylers. She is Australia's leading time management expert. And today we are going to focus our conversation around marketing to professional women and specifically looking at how professional mothers value time and what that means for your brand or your business. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, our guest on the show is Kate Christie, founder of Time Stylers and Australia's leading time management expert. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thanks so much for having me,
0: Katrina. I'm excited to be talking to you.
2: (laughs) And very much likewise. Now, listen, for our listeners, could you please share with us a little bit about who you are
0: and what you do? Sure. I am the CEO and founder of Time Stylers. I am a time management specialist and I work with high-performing teams and individuals to help them take their success to the next level around Finding more time to do the stuff that they really, really love. Most of us are time poor in some capacity. And so I love working with people to help them find time. And I've got a reputation for helping my clients find 30 hours of lost time a month.
2: Okay, that was fantastic. I'm so well aware of your time management, or shall I say, time investment strategies, because I've been applying them in my own business uh, for many, many years after uh, learning about the work that you do. Now, Kate, I'm really keen to focus our discussion today around marketing to working mothers. Now, I've had the pleasure of hearing you speak and reading your books, and I'm familiar with your story as a working mum. But I would really love to ask if you could take us back to the year 2000 and share your story with our listeners as I know it's really going to help them get into the headspace of a professional working mothers and just understand some of the pressures that they're under.
0: Absolutely and look I know I've shared this story with you before Katrina and I know that I know that it tickles your fancy because I think that you experience, (laughs) you know, the same sorts of juggles and struggles that working mums experience. But my personal story uh, does go back to just prior to the year 2000. I was one of a generation of women who was told that I could have it all. And I genuinely believed it. I grew up with this philosophy that if you want it, just go get it and It worked very, very well for me through school and university and into my career. You know, I was an absolute dynamo and I had this philosophy of hard work plus grit and determination and a little bit of talent, but heaps of ambition and I could pretty much have whatever I wanted. And it worked really, really well until we clicked into the year two thousand. And I had three babies in three and a half years, which was entirely my own fault. I get that. But the wheels really did start to wobble. And to start with, you know, I I thought, no, I can do this. I can be it all. I can have it all. I can, you know, work at pace. And seriously, nobody could run faster in high heels from the train station to the creche to pick the kids up after work and to throw them in the car and dash to the supermarket for essentials and they're all crying and I'm crying and we're all exhausted and get them home and throw them in the high chair and throw some peanut butter sandwiches at them to keep them going, run the bath, kick the dog, yell at the cat, you know, feed everybody, have my fourth glass of wine, check my emails, put them out of the bath, get them dressed into their pyjamas, put them into bed, read them books, check my emails. And it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. And I was, I was living this, I mean, I think you know, being in isolation at the moment, everyone's kind of familiar with this sort of sense of Groundhog Day, but it was a different kind of Groundhog Day. And I didn't even have time to kind of stop and pause and consider whether or not I was actually enjoying my life. And it all came to a head on a particular day, a year or two after that, where I was dropping one of my kids at at primary school. He was a little preppy. So it was about three or four years later. And I'd been kind of living this crazy pace for years. And I decided I was going to drop him at school because, you know, other mums do this, right? And I can do this. And there, I was in my beautiful black suit, my high heels, my beautiful red lipstick, and I had snot from the shoulder of my suit all the way down my suit on down my leg because it was cupcake day. And there's all these other parents, and dare I say, non working mums, and I don't mean that in an offensive way at all, it was just the fact standing there with their plates of cupcakes and I didn't have a cupcake in sight. You know, I completely missed that memo and my child was hysterical. People were looking at me with these kind of you're a bad mother eyes. I just was so wracked with guilt and stress and I dashed to work, you know, just radiating guilt and thinking about the 25 years of cupcake therapy my son was going to need And I ran into the first meeting of the day and the room went completely quiet and everybody looked at me and then they looked at their watches because I was late and they kept talking. And I had this profound realization that I was the only member of the executive leadership team who didn't have a full-time wife. And that's kind of where everything changed. I thought, I cannot continue to live this way. I cannot do it all. I can't have it all. Everyone's lied to me. I had this full crisis of conscience in in terms of how can I continue to live like this? I'm not being a particularly good mum. I'm not being a particularly good executive employee. I was never focused on any one thing at a time. My mind was always in multiple places. I was working at pace. I was constantly rushing And things big and small were falling through the cracks. And for me, it wasn't sustainable. And I ultimately opted out of my amazing career because I felt that I could only be a great mum or have a great job, but I couldn't do both. And I was completely wrong because, you know, I loved my job and I was great at it. And, you know, 10 minutes into being a full-time mum, I was climbing the walls, but What that timeout gave me was the opportunity to reframe and think, why am I living my life like this? And to be honest, so many working mums and women around me, Katrina, were living the same life and none of us were particularly happy.
2: Kate. You know I never tire of Cupcake Story Day. <laughs> um, it takes me back to 15 years ago when I left corporate under very, very similar circumstances. So I really, your story really, really resonates with me and I know with so many other uh, women um, across, across the world really. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'm actually keen to shift gears a little bit now And I wanted to talk about one of the key trends that I've identified in my work is that working mothers are placing an increasingly high value on their time. And I'm really noticing that they're willing to pay a premium for greater convenience and for products and services that are going to save them time. Now, I know that you've advised thousands of professional women about time and I'm curious to understand what are you hearing firsthand from the women that you consult with what are some of their key time
0: concerns that they have yeah, yeah great question and look you know absolutely everything that I do and the women I work with it's very consistent with your research and your findings women want more time and working mums who are working professionally and have a great career and are earning good money are prepared to spend that money when it comes to products and services that are going to give them back time. And it's not so much a need, it's not so much I need more time so I'll pay for it, it's absolutely I want more time and so I am going to spend money to get that time back. So they're prepared to pay for what they want and I think as marketers and, and people in business marketing to these women, it's, you need to elevate time to the same level as you would elevate say the luxury handbag that a woman wants or the beautiful lipstick that she wants. It's an emotional thing. She's not buying those things because she needs them She's buying them because she wants them and the same comes down to time. So she's going to be looking for services, products that give her that time that she wants. So everything from as simple as outsourcing, cleaning and other chores and duties around the house, that becomes a no-brainer for her these days. You know, she's not going to necessarily bash herself up about getting a cleaner and feeling that she should be the one doing the cleaning. She's much, much more prepared to outsource. She wants to buy beautiful pre-prepared food or beautiful produce that makes it very easy for her to prepare the food. So again, it's around a want and not a need. She wants to, and she's very, very happy to engage additional services and products that are going to give her and her family that time.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Just on that, have you seen the, con- the time concerns of millennial working mothers differing from Gen X working mothers, or are these time issues universal amongst working mothers?
0: The time issues are universal, but the response to them is different. The millennial mums, I guess, are the ones I was talking about there when I'm saying that she wants that time and she's prepared to pay for it. Uh, the older generations, older women and mums, will probably bash themselves up a little bit before they actually pay for the the time and pay for the services to get the time back. They are the ones who will probably sort of agonise a little bit more over getting the cleaner or a little bit more over buying say the beautifully produced meals, the millennial mum is much more prepared to basically just put her money where her mouth is. I want time, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for it.
2: That is such an interesting insight. Thank you for sharing that one with us, Kate.
1: Marketing to Mums, the podcast, is proudly brought to you by the Marketing to Mums Assessment. This personalized diagnostic report will help you understand how your brand is currently performing in your Marketing to Mums activities. The Marketing to Mums assessment will clearly identify your gaps and opportunities and provide you with a series of recommendations to attract, engage and convert more mothers and their families to your business. You can find out more about Marketing to Mums assessment on the website at www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash assessment.
2: Now, I have just finished reading your latest book. Uh, I know you've got four books out now, but your latest book, Me First, and I can't tell you how much this book has resonated with me. Firstly, I wanted to say a massive congratulations. I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying this book. Thank you. As a mum of three teenage kids and running a high-growth business, I, I can really appreciate why it's been so successful for you. Can you share with our listeners the premise of the book? Tell us why you wrote it and also share with us where we can get it, where people can, where our listeners could go and buy it.
0: Sure. So the book's basically broken into three parts. And the first part is all around addressing, debunking, perhaps levelling the ground on some of the crazy, very self-destructive thoughts and behaviours that working mums engage in, things like imposter syndrome, mother's guilt, judging each other or feeling judged, never being able to say no. So, And, and it draws on interviews and discussions I've had with some incredible women around the world uh, working at the highest levels of business and corporate and so I guess it gives other working mums a sense of comfort that, oh, you know, oh my God, I'm not the only one who sort of feels this way. And it provides solutions and insights into how to change your thinking on these sorts of feelings. And, and I guess from a marketing perspective, Katrina, you know, if your marketing listeners to your podcast want an insight into how working mums feel and the sorts of crazy things they think about then that's really the section of the book that i would get them to focus on because it gives them a real insight into our emotions and our thinking and where our headspace is at around some of these issues the second section is my five step process which has exercises in it which will get you back 30 hours of lost time a month it's it's my process that i use to teach my clients one on one it's all in the book for people to teach themselves and they will get back 30 hours of lost time. And then the third section is around how to set and smash some really audacious goals because now that I've got you back the 30 hours, I want you to do some really cool stuff with that time. I don't want you to go and put another 400 loads of washing on. You know, you've, you've got to set some incredible goals for yourself and your family to chase after, and, and you've got that time back now to, to chase those goals. The book's available in all good bookstores. It's online uh, in Booktopia, Amazon, around the world. So, yeah, it's available wherever good books are sold.
2: Fantastic. And uh, I really encourage my listeners to grab yourself a copy. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying this. Now, Kate, you, uh, you touched on this in your response just then. You said that you interviewed a large number of professional working mothers from around the world who are very successful business owners, CEOs, uh, you know, C-suite execs. What insights did you learn from them about how they value time and how it's contributed to their success?
0: Yeah, I, I think a couple of things really struck me. One was the sense of confidence we, as women, acquire over time. And I'll, I'll rephrase it. It's almost like there's kind of three parts to the way we live our lives. There's our pre-baby confidence where we're working, we're climbing the ladder, we're great in our role, we're coming into our own We're loving our career. And then there's phase two, which is sort of the baby and having kids phase where all of a sudden we're thrust into this completely new environment which is absolutely alien to us. We've not been taught how to do any of this and there's this real undermining of our confidence where we seriously have no idea what we're doing from day to day. And then there's sort of the third and and that then leeches into our working lives and our working confidence where all of a sudden we start to kind of second guess what we're doing and wonder you know about whether we're an imposter and should we really be here and am I actually good at what I do because we have this sense of our confidence being undermined by not knowing what we're doing as mothers and it kind of leeches into the rest of our world and then there's this third phase where we come out of that and we you know grow in our confidence we do know what we're doing we do back our judgment we understand that we are an expert in our area and and it, it came across with a lot of the women that I spoke to that with with age came this confidence that when they got into their 40s or into their 50s and they they kind of felt really confident and unbeatable and and it was a it's it was very much parallel to my life and how I feel my life has has been run. And so one of the real lessons I guess for me was and, and, and you know if you could do it all again sort of thing, or certainly a lesson that, that I will be sharing with my daughter is don't lose that confidence, you know, back yourself. And you know, if I had the confidence when I was in my thirties. That I have now, you know I would have been absolutely unstoppable, so it's you know harness that confidence now. so that was probably a really clear message. I, I think the other one was I guess a uh, a bit of an aha or a, a sense of relief that we all kind of feel this way, and that some of the women around the world that I admire enormously in terms of what they've done with their careers have also experience these periods of uncertainty or of imposter syndrome or a crisis of confidence and it's reassuring to read that and realize that you're not the only one who kind of feels this way and I I think that's one of the things I really hope for the book that it will get women having these conversations and talking about these issues and starting to you know openly confront and talk about things like Judging each other and not supporting each other, and imposter syndrome. You know, we need to start having these conversations.
2: I couldn't agree with you more, Kate. There were so many light bulb moments that just went off as you were as you were speaking about those learnings that you had from those uh, from those women that you were interviewing for the book. Uh, one of the things we've just done a study of the state of motherhood in Australia. And uh, you are absolutely on the money with that loss in confidence and that judgment that many new mothers are facing and how that is impacting their careers as well. Really, really interesting insight. And I can't agree with you more. We've got to start having these conversations. Thank you. We've actually got a large number of marketers and business owners who listen to the show, many of whom I know are looking to attract and connect with working mothers what advice would you give them about marketing to working mothers? You know, if I asked you if there were perhaps maybe three tips you could share that would assist them, what would they be? The
0: first one is to understand working mums in an honest, kind of authentic way. And I speak, I guess, for myself here, but, you know, you and I have talked about this and I've, I talk about it with other professional women who are mums, we need to be portrayed in in advertising we need to be portrayed the way it is there's nothing worse to my mind than than say an advertisement where you know the whole family's kind of happy and and laughing and the mother looks like she's got energy (laughs) and the kids are
2: (laughs) completely alien to us I know
0: the kids are kind of well groomed, and everyone's wearing shoes you know it's it's not realistic (laughs) you know I want to see the the family or the 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 lifestyle that is representative of me and there's not a lot of that going around at the moment there was one fantastic ad and I honestly couldn't even tell you. I, I think it was, it was definitely a car ad and it's where the mum takes her daughter to her first rock concert and then oh, and the Holden mom,
2: Advertising.
0: It, well, well, which one was it?
2: It was a Holden Advertising commercial 18 months ago.
0: Okay. And that was just. Gold, you know, the mum does the big dive off the stage, and she's, you know, crowd surfing, and that was literally me when I took my daughter to her first rock concert, um, eighteen months ago. I took her to a Pink concert, and I bought tickets for the mosh pit, and we were in the mosh pit, right? And I was literally seconds away from crowd surfing, and so that ad just was gold. it Spoke to me, you know, it was just real, and so I want to see much, much more of that. I also want to see the realities of of different types of of motherhood. You know, we're not all in these wonderful nuclear families with, you know, 2.7 children and two dogs, a cat and a husband. Many of, of us are single, women, you know, single mums. And I want to see some advertisements or some marketing that kind of caters to that and that understands that. And I guess the third thing I, I would do is really try and tap into what it is that women want, not just how we want to be portrayed, but what do we want and how does that make us feel? And I, I don't think a lot of advertisers kind of have nailed that. Certainly that Holden ad for me definitely ticked all of those boxes. I want to see more of that.
1: Your podcast host, Katrina McArthur, has launched her second book. Called The Mother of All Opportunities, this book has been written for board directors, C-suite, senior marketers and business owners to shine a light on the enormous opportunities for growth which exist in the mum market. Katrina demonstrates why now is the right time to rethink your relationship with the world's most powerful consumer, mums fast-track your brand and build a competitive advantage by gaining critical research-based insights into this massive and underserved market. If you live in Australia, you can get your copy from wwwmarketingtomomscomau forward slash book. If you live overseas, you can get your copy from Amazon.
2: What about the working mothers who are listening to the podcast? Are there a, you know, a few things that they could consider to conserve or perhaps create more time to pursue their interests?
0: Yeah, look, absolutely. Firstly, you, you have to sort of make that conscious decision that you want more time. You know, a lot of working mums uh, uh, will po- possibly be quite happy with the pace they're working and the, and the rhythm that they're in. And that, that's great for those who actually reflect and think I'm not entirely loving this life I'm leading at the moment, then the first thing is about reframing your relationship with time, understanding that time is not there to be managed. Uh, We cannot manage time. We all have exactly the same amount of time and so we have to start thinking of it and about it differently. Our time is money and we have to invest it for the greatest possible return so start thinking about your time in that way where am I going to invest my time today so start rejecting some of the crazy little habits that you have because we're all creatures of habit we do things get up today and do everything exactly the same way as we did yesterday and last week and last month and not always does that make sense You know, a classic example is knowing exactly what you're going to do today and then within 15 minutes of getting up, you check your phone. And, you know, the vast majority of people do that. But your phone is basically someone else's, everything on your phone is someone else's to-do list, right? It's all the messages and the emails, that's people ticking stuff off their to-do list. So if you're checking your phone within 15 minutes of getting up, your great plan for the day has just gone out the window because you're now March into someone else's, but you've lost control of the agenda. So, you know, little things like that, reject those bad habits. The other big one from a time perspective is work out what you can delegate uh, at work and at home. Uh, Who else can do this for you? You know, focus on your high value tasks and delegate everything else. And at home, there's two types of delegation there's outsourcing, where you identify everything you currently do that you're prepared to pay an expert to do because they'll do it faster better and cheaper than you and then there's insourcing where you identify everything you currently do for the people you live with that they can do for themselves that you don't have to pay them for you know clean up your floor drop make your bed hang up your towel put away the dirty dishes sorry stack the dirty dishes put away the clean dishes put the clothes on the line feed the dog you know there's so many things that you can get your kids to do and help you with around the house that will also buy you back time.
2: I so resonated with two of those and they were ones that you
0: taught
2: taught me some time ago. Okay, first of all, think of time as money. That absolutely changed the things that I no longer do. So everything that I do, I think, you know, uh, is this the best use of uh, of my time or is it much better for me to actually get someone else, pay someone else to do this for me uh, so that I can get on with higher value items? So that for me really changed things. That was the first one. The second one that I found incredibly effective is in sourcing, And I've taken this to a higher level. My 12-year-old actually now cooks for us at least once a week, but generally about two twice, at least twice a week at the moment, two to three times a week she's she's actually cooking and that's uh, how she wants to contribute to the house. So insourcing for me has been an absolute winner and saved me enormous amounts of time.
0: Oh yeah, look it's great. It's Insourcing is fantastic and in the book I talk a lot about insourcing and how to get your kids doing stuff around the house you know in the book I've got like 55 different things that they can actually you can actually insource to them so there's plenty there to keep people busy
2: I love that. Absolutely love it. Now, listen. I can't go through our entire interview without talking about COVID nineteen. We have got so many working mothers and fathers finding themselves involved in remote learning uh, for their children, as as well as, uh, I guess, adjusting to working from home. So, to me, I've you know, time and productivity has never been under so much pressure. And I was really keen to ask you: Is there a role that? Brands could play in supporting parents, which could assist them build deeper relationships during this time?
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. And I think that's a great question. Uh, I think that any where brands I think should be getting involved in this is to help parents relieve themselves of the pressure or to take the pressure off parents. I think that any brand that taps into a home environment at the moment in isolation where parents are supposed to be teachers as well as doing everything else that they're doing will be an absolute winner because you know so many mums I've spoken to especially mums of kids in primary school mums of kids in in secondary school I think it's a little easier because firstly the kids are older a little bit more independent have the routine and the guidance very much from school whereas the mums I've spoken to whose children are in primary school are really struggling it's you know they're it's almost like they're a full-time teacher and they've got these curriculums that they're working to and it's 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 absolutely ridiculous and I have said to a number of my clients because I've been engaged at the moment to to speak to a lot of staff, you know, companies have have engaged me to provide online training for their teams around how to work productively from home. And one of the things that I'm constantly getting asked is questions around how can I juggle and manage it all with homeschooling. And honestly, if your kids are in primary school, the English lesson becomes one of having a fantastic conversation with your kids around the dinner table. And you know, the, the PE lesson becomes one where you go for a jog or a bike ride with your kids and talk to them at the same time. And the geography lesson is where you get the atlas out and you plan where your holiday is going to be. You know, take the pressure off. And I think any brands that kind of can tap into that mindset of there's different ways of teaching our kids, equally for those times when parents have to be on that Zoom call and, you know, speaking to an important client, and you're just worried that your kids are going to be quiet or not quiet, give them the iPad, you know, put the tally on, let them play on the iPad, you know, it's not going to kill them. And and this sort of concept of, oh, I don't want the kids to have too much screen time. And seriously, it's not going to kill them. And just, tell yourself it's the IT lesson, right? You know, they, they're just upskilling themselves on how to use the technology. So I think brands who can tap into that and, and tell parents just to kind of let it go, don't take this too seriously. Your kids are not going to be suffering that much. Talk to them and engage with them. Take them out into the garden and give them a, you know, get them to mow the lawn and plant some vegetables with you. And that can be the horticultural lesson and then get them to cook dinner and that's the home economics lesson and just take the pressure off and I think brands that tap into that will do well. Oh, look, I couldn't
2: agree more. Like I'm very much hearing from mothers around Australia, working mothers who are really, really struggling with this whole new juggle of maintaining, you know, their productivity and putting in an eight-hour day while simultaneously getting their child through learning to read and write has, has put a new pressure on that we have not seen before. And I think that there's a great opportunity for brands to play a role in actually empathizing With parents here. So, yeah, some great tips.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yep.
2: Kate, can I ask you what's next for you?
0: Good question. True to, I guess, my philosophy around time. A couple of years ago, I sat down and set my big audacious five year plan. And so I'm three years into that, two years before it kind of gets fully realised. But once my youngest finishes her year 12, which will be the end of next year, My big plan is that I'm going to live and work remotely sort of three to six months of the year. And so, next for me is making sure that I have transitioned my business to be predominantly online so that I can live and work remotely. The first year I'll be based in Bali and living and working from there. The following year, the plan is to be. Uh, either Italy or New York. And then the year after that will be New York or Italy, depending on which one hasn't occurred. So that's what's next for me. And to be honest, COVID-19 has come at an excellent time for me to kind of experiment with that, transitioning a lot of my business to being online, seeing what works, what doesn't work, educating my clients around how it does work to be doing a lot of our work together online, that it is a massive time saver for them and for me. So it's, it's allowed me, I guess, to experiment around that. So that's what's what's next for me, seeing my daughter through her last two years of school and then I'm off, baby. It's my time. It's me first.
2: That so resonates once again with me because I've got similar plans once my, I've got one in year and uh, my youngest is year eight and uh, my husband and I have got similar plans to ha- take off for a little while as well and, uh, and work remotely. Now, Kate, if people wanted to connect and learn more about you and your Time Stylers business or purchase Me First, what's the best way for them to do so?
0: So first you can get online at the moment, I would jump on to Booktopia or Amazon and you can order me first. I was just on Booktopia yesterday actually and they've got lots of docs so when I first launched the book I think it was sort of a two week turnaround for orders but we've shipped a whole heap of extra stock to Booktopia so I think it's like a one day ordering time which is awesome. In terms of getting in touch with me, my website is www.timestylers.com or people can just email me direct at kate at timestylers.com.
2: Fantastic. I will make sure that all of those links go into the show notes. So for any of our listeners, you will be able to access those easy links from the show notes. Kate, I would love to thank you for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us and being part of Marketing to Mums, the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, Katrina. It was a pleasure talking to you as always.
2: Oh, always. Thanks so much, Kate. Didn't Kate share some great insights with us there about working mothers and how they value time? I think this is so important because we now have a record number of working mothers participating in the workforce. I want you to start thinking about those working mothers that your brand might be looking to attract. Kate has shared some very deep insights with us and considerations for brands looking to attract this segment of mothers. The question I want to ask you is, are there opportunities for your brand to deliver greater convenience, greater efficiencies to help working mothers manage their time? hope you found this episode useful and I look forward to seeing you next time on Marketing to Mums, the podcast.
1: You've been listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps you drive sales and profit in your organization by developing a deeper understanding of the world's most powerful consumer, Mums. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review and tell us what your key takeaway was or who your favorite guest was and why. If you would like to get the show notes from today's episode or any of the links mentioned, all you need to do is head to marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. Don't forget to sign up to receive an email to let you know when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.